Well, good morning, everybody. Let's try it again. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, and I can I can hear y'all. The planes aren't hovering right now, so I know Dan said that. I I like the air show, but it's loud. You know, it's loud. I feel like it's it's World War II about to happen or something. But it's awesome. So I'm glad you guys are here. It is good. It's nice outside. It's kind of hot, but I would love it. I'm glad it's hot and not cold. Amen. Somebody, we're gonna enjoy this hot weather, right? It is good to be here. If you're new with us, I'm just going to reiterate what Dan said. It's a joy to have you in this place with us. Thanks for visiting with us. If you would, just fill out one of those cards that were stuck in the bulletin. I'd love to hear from you, get to know you a little bit. Like you said, if you want to serve, if you want to sing, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to serve in any kind of way, please fill that out. Put that in there. We'd love to get you involved in our church. It's the best way to get in. It's the easiest way to jump in is to serve with our church. I want to say welcome back to some of our college students. I know some of you all are back. This week, y'all back? Some of y'all? Somebody, yeah, man, y'all not happy to be back? Dang, I, I was trying to give y'all a shout out and you just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to be here. I'm glad you guys are here. Well, last week, guys, we're going to get into the text. We were in Jonah chapter one. Jonah chapter one, I am loving this book. It's a small book, but it's awesome and it's a lot in here. It's jam packed with so many things from God here in Jonah. Last week, we talked about Jonah rebelling and running from God when God is calling him to the Ninevites. And this week, we're going to look at Jonah chapter 2, this series that we're talking about where we're running from God, and all of us kind of have these inclinations in our heart where we typically, we run from God instead of submit to him or trust him. In a lot of ways, we run in different ways. It might not be physically running, but we choose to do our own thing day after day after day instead of just submitting to God. So we've been walking through Jonah, and we did Jonah chapter 1 last week. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 2 this week. Don't worry. We're going to the whole thing, but it's only 10 verses. So again, if you haven't been reading with us or you missed last week, go ahead and read the whole book. Read it several times. It'll take you about 15, 20 minutes. I I promise it won't be long, but that way you can see where we're going with this text and let God just speak to you as you're reading the word of God too and just get immersed in that text as we're walking through it. So Jonah chapter two, if you got it, won't you stand on your feet with me as we read the word of God if you're able. Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, the text reads, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, all your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your presence, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I will, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Can you say that with me? Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out on a pond, the dry land. The very words of God, amen. Today I want to preach on the topic, salvation belongs to the Lord. Say it again with me. 
Salvation belongs to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. God, I just pray simply, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross. Decrease me, Lord, so that you may increase in this place. Father, have your way in my being. Speak with my mouth. Think with my mind. And Lord, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, have your way in this place. In Christ's name, we all said together, amen, amen. You may be seated. Jonah. Now, before we get into this text today, I want to give you a little bit of review of where we are today. <clears throat> Last week, we saw God, and he called Jonah to go to the Ninevites, and Jonah, because of his hate towards the Ninevites, was like, no, I'm not going. And, and the cruelty that the, the Ninevites were some cruel people. I told you a little bit about them last week. They hung people up by the, the ankles and they, they flogged them and they pulled their eyes out. They would put chains all around them. These are some cruel people. So Jonah's like, I'm not going there, God. And he runs the other way. Now remember though, Jonah, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's called by God to declare the word of God to the people. So here he is saying, I'm not going to go where you told me to go. So he's rebelling and he chooses to go his own way. But as we learned last week, in the midst of Jonah's rebellion, God still chases after him. He still chases after him. And this is the word for us, those of us in here that know Jesus Christ, to put it in our pockets or hide it in our hearts is the fact that if we believe in Jesus, we have a God that loves us, but not only saves us, but even in the midst of our rebellion, he still wants to be with us. Y'all missed your amen. You see... This isn't just a word, though, for those that believe either. This, this is for those that have maybe walked in here and said, I, I don't know Jesus yet, but and, or, I feel far off. Here's the thing. It, it's the same truth. It, it still applies to you is that you can never run too far from God to where he can't save you. You see, he, he's sovereign. He's sovereign, and, and he cares for his creation. And he can save whoever he pleases to, whenever or however he wants to. That's God. It's him all by himself. He can save. And see, this all leads to where we are in this passage today. Jonah, my man Jonah, he, he's just been thrown off a ship. You guys remember from chapter 1? And, and now he's in the middle of the sea with, with no plan. He's literally trying to kill himself. He's trying to drown. He has no life, Jack. He has no plan. He says, just throw me overboard. I, I'll figure it out. He, he's hit rock bottom of his life. He, he's willing to drown, and he's thrown over into the water. But in doing so, Jonah knows if he's thrown in the water, the storm is going to cease and the sailors will be saved. But when Jonah is thrown in the water, Jonah's not saying throw me in the water because he wants the sailors to be saved. Hear me, y'all. That's not what he's doing. He's at the end of himself. Jonah is done. He's at the other bottom. He's ready to give up. He's throwing in the towel. He says, I don't have any more to give. Throw me overboard. I'm done. There's no prayer of repentance here. He's not like, God, please, please, if you throw me overboard or, or if you just stop the storm, I promise I will serve you with all I have. That's not what you see here. Jonah's done. He says, throw me overboard. But instead of him drowning, as we all know, he's swallowed by a great fish. Most likely some type of whale. And he sits here in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. 
And family, it, this is the setting of our pastures today. Jonah is sitting in the belly of this fish. He it, it's nothing but him. He's in darkness. There's saliva, maybe some seaweed. I mean, it, it's nothing but him. All he has is time. It's just him in the belly of this fish. Three days and three nights. Now, pause. Could you imagine this? Just for a moment, could you imagine just for a second, being at the end of yourself. I mean, you're ready to give up. You're done. Life has just hit you. You're ready to be done with everything. You know, now you're running from God. You're trying to get away, and you're simply involved maybe in something that you should not be in. So you're ready to kill yourself. It's that hard. That's where Jonah is. I'm not trying to be dark and gloomy right now. That's what's happening in the text. Jonah is done. That's where he is. He's at the end of his wit. He's throwing in the towel. He's trying to kill himself, and instead he gets swallowed by a whale. Could you imagine this? Now, this would have been scary. This would have been scary. I mean, could you imagine? It's already storming outside, and you're thrown overboard in this big, ah, give me that. You're expecting to drown, but instead you get eaten hitting the teeth in the mouth of this fish the whole way down. You're running in the seaweed, maybe even some smaller fish that probably could have eaten you. I mean, it's all of this in the belly of this whale. And you might even pass out for a second only to wake up to see that you're still alive because God saved you through the most unlikely circumstances. I mean, here's Jonah. He probably woke up like, man, 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 with that, with that scream. I'm alive, I'm alive. He, he's just excited because he's alive. He has all his limbs. Everything's there. Jonah is alive because God saved him. Could you imagine this? At the end of yourself, thought he was for sure dead, and he finds out he's alive. As a result, Jonah knows it had to be God. And we get our pastor today, one of which I would like to coin the Song of Jonah, because it's much like the book of Psalms where you see David writing to God. He's, he's singing out to God. He's, he's giving this prayer of thanksgiving towards God. See, Jonah sits in the belly of this well, and he declares the majesty of God, the greatness of God, while at the same time, how merciful and he's thankful, how, how gracious God has been towards him. Because remember, Jonah ran from God, so he doesn't deserve to be saved, but yet God still saves him. I mean, you ever received love or a gift from somebody when you know you didn't deserve it? I mean, you've been rude to somebody, calling them names, this, that, and the third, and they just still love you? You ever had that happen to you before? Maybe you've been just overwhelmed with stress. Everything has been getting under your skin, and and you start taking it out on your spouse. You start taking it out on your kids, maybe even those significant others or the people that are closest to you. But then they just love you like none other. I mean, you're sitting there like, what is going on? I don't deserve this. I've been mean to you. You ever been there before? I, I remember when I started dating Kaylee. Yeah, I was a football star in Indianapolis. I thought I was the man running around doing this, that, and the third, all the things I can get into. And I met this fine, boy, Christian woman. And she was bad, y'all. I mean, she's still bad. She, boy, I, I, I still, I'm sweating talking about her. I, I love me some Kaylee. And it's okay to talk about your wife. Come on now. I, I love her. But I saw her and, and I had to talk to her. We started talking, and about two months later, I was like, man, you way too good for me. 
There's no way I should be with you. I don't deserve you. You ever been there before? You just got something you didn't deserve. You're like, man, what am I going to do with this? I'm thankful, but I know I don't deserve this. That's where Jonah is in this text. He knows he didn't deserve saving, but God still chooses to save him. And see, in result, we see this hymn of thanks, this hymn of thankfulness and thanksgiving from him. Jonah says, look at his words in verse 2. He says, I called out from Sheol, and you saved me. Now, Sheol refers to the realm of the dead. Now, Jonah didn't actually go to the realm of the dead. This just refers to where he is mentally and spiritually. He is at his lowest point in his life. He's ready to give up, but he says, you heard my voice. You heard my cry. See, here's the thing. Maybe you walked in here today and you said, well, I've been calling out to the Lord. I've been trying to get him to hear me, but he hasn't answered me. I need you to hear Jonah's words. Look at his words very intently in the scriptures today. His words, Jonah is at the end of himself. And the Lord heard his cry. That's a word for somebody today. Maybe you thought God could not hear you. The truth is God can hear you. He hears your cry. He's right there with you. Now, quick note. Jonah is not praying to God to get out of this well's belly. He's not. He's not praying to be saved from the well. He's praying and he's thankful that he was saved by the well. Big difference here. But don't miss this. He's still sitting in a dark situation, although he just got released from another dark situation. Y'all missed it. Don't miss that. See, see, he's still in a dark situation. As far as Jonah knows, he could be in this belly of the well forever and ever. He doesn't know if he's going to get out, but he's still thankful because he ain't dead, although he deserves to be. See, y'all missing it. See, he's praising God for being in a dark situation that saved him from an even darker situation. Okay, he's still missing it. See, see, the alternative to be, being inside the belly of this well is death by drowning. But he's alive. See, th- there's a lesson to be learned here because sometimes we miss the salvation of God because we miss, we, we miss this, uh, uh, how he's kept us from something even darker, even though our situation may still look a little bleak. And see, we're not thankful because we believe God should take us from this dark place into a place of prosperity. But you don't realize he just kept you from a place that was even darker. See, it's thankfulness. Here's what I'm saying. God's deliverance does not mean that he's going to move you from this place of darkness and put you in a place of prosperity. It may just be him removing you from something so that it doesn't get any worse. See, I said it last week, there's been a lie that's been sold to Christianity that God's just for you so you can prosper. He wants to give you all things. He wants to bless you beyond measure. Hear me again. We're all made in the image of God. Therefore, we are to bear his image, which means that all of us are to give glory back to him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. And you can't possibly give God glory if it's all about you. Give me, give me, give me, give me. You can't give him anything. You can't give him anything if it's all about you. 
But yet you may be in a place where you're saying, I get all of that, Pastor D. I I heard it last week. I get what you're saying. I get where you're going. But I'm hurting. I'm I'm, I'm hurting. I'm still crying out to God. And I feel like he, he doesn't hear me. He's not answering me. Family, don't miss this part in the text. Don't miss this. Again, Jonah is there right with you. He's at the other end of himself. He's throwing in the towel. There's no point, no return from this. He's like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm ready to die. Don't miss it. He's at the end of himself. But this means, here it is. It means that God doesn't have to compete with Jonah anymore to get his attention. He's at the end of himself, so so now Jonah has nothing to offer. He can't fight anymore. You pay attention in the text. He doesn't fight. He says, throw me overboard. He doesn't start trying to swim to the shore and get out of the way. No, no, he's done. And he's waking up in the belly of the well, saved. See, some of us, we miss that. Hear me, family. Sometimes God, we miss his work in our lives. Well, he can't really do what he needs to do in our lives because we're simply in the way. We're in the way of his work. See, many times we pray to God, help me, get me out of this situation, intervene on my behalf, give me what I need, Lord. I I need this, Lord. And we feel as if he's not answering because you're in the way. We're in the way. You, You may be coming to God. God, I need you, I need you to intervene, I need you to do all these things, but deep down inside, you're still fighting, you're still trying to work and get through all the situations that you're in, whatever you're going through, you're trying to get through it yourself. You're not really looking for God to work. See, sometimes we have to get out of the way first. Be removed from the picture, or or God might have to let you go through a situation where you get to the other end of yourself so that he can actually move. Okay, some of y'all are not following me in this, so let me, let me put it this way. I, my, my little sister here, she just had her birthday yesterday, and she used to be a lifeguard growing, growing up. I remember dropping her off, at, and she would go and she'd watch these kids as they were playing in the pool. I didn't ever want to be a lifeguard. I was too cool for that, and I was like, I'm going to swim in the pool if I'm going to go to the pool, but she was a lifeguard, so I started researching lifeguards, and I wanted to know a little bit about what lifeguards do, and how do they know when they should save somebody? When is the right person, what place to jump in for a person when they're drowning? And I started asking around. And a guy told me, he said, look, if a person is drowning, I wait until they pass out in the water, or if I jump in too early, I'm going to have to knock them out so that I can actually save them. I said, what? Why would you try, why would you knock somebody out that's actually dying? Why, Why would you do that? And he said, because if I don't, if I get in the water and they're not passed out, or I don't have to, I don't knock them out first, what's going to happen is they're going to start pulling and climbing on me. They're going to probably drown me or fight me while I'm trying to save them because they're frantically trying to save themselves. Don't miss it. See, here's the point, friends. Sometimes God is not able to work in our lives because we're still trying to frantically save ourselves. And in the process, we're not allowing God to work. Sometimes we got to get knocked out by life circumstances. I mean, KO. Same thing that's going to happen to McGregor next week. We got to get knocked out. So we can actually see and rejoice in God saving us. See, Jonah was done at the end of himself. 
And he was able to acknowledge the salvation of the Lord. And some of us are here at this place this morning. The question is, are you going to let go and let God move in or keep fighting? Do you trust your life in God's hands more or in your own? But see, here's the thing. Nobody in here wants to get knocked out in order to see God move. If you do, something's wrong. We need to talk after service. I don't want to get knocked out in order to see God move. I don't know about you, but that's not me. So so the question is, well, how do I get there? Because sadly, most of us, that's what we're going to have to get in order to see God move in our lives. So, So how do we get there? How does this happen? Here's the answer. It's all about our belief and our posture when we come to God. Follow me. See, notice Jonah comes to God in this passage. It's not from a place of pride like the first chapter. He's not rebelling against God in this chapter. He, he's, he, he's not only at the end of himself, but when he realizes he's saved and not dead, he's thankful. Whole different posture from chapter one. And even though he's still in a dark place, He's thankful because he knows that God is sovereign and God can save. See, he believes that God sovereignly saved him with this fish swallowing him. Y'all, he lived in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. Hear me, only God can do something like that. In verses two through six, he talks about how low he actually got. All the way down to Sheol, and you look at it, he says the bars wouldn't let him loose, but yet, he says, I remembered the Lord, I remembered him, and he saved me. Then he says, salvation, remember there's a phrase, belongs to the Lord. Here's what I don't want you to miss here. There's not an ounce of pride in Jonah's speech. He's not even praying to get out of this well. He's just praising the Lord for saving him from his situation, although he's still in a dark place. But family, you know what's really happening here? Jonah's not only believing the Lord is almighty, but in the midst of the Lord now, he's realizing that he's nothing in his presence. See, when Jonah says salvation belongs to the Lord, in this moment, Jonah is realizing I was at the end. There was nowhere else to turn. There was nothing I could do to save myself. I was done. I didn't even deserve to be saved, but God still did it. See, sometimes God will allow hard situations in our lives so that we can see him more clearly. And hear me, it only takes a few well-swallowing situations until we learn when we get into those situations to immediately turn to him. But see, that's the problem. Because we're not humble enough to immediately turn to God. That, that's not the first inclination. We're not, we're, we're not at that place. That, that we don't have that, uh, that much humility to say, God, I need you. But instead, we keep on fighting. And we get into more crazy situations because we kept relying on our own strength, our own knowledge instead of God. I mean, let's be honest this morning. Why rely on God if I think I can fix the situation? Why rely on him if, if I, I think I have enough strength to get through something? See, you might have had enough strength last night not to take that drink. 
But that doesn't mean you'll have the strength the next night not to do it. See, you might not have looked at porn today, but that doesn't mean you won't do it tomorrow. See, you, you, you might have been able to get through this financial hard place, but that doesn't mean you won't get into another one tomorrow. You see, we don't take the time to just say thank you immediately to God for getting me through that situation. And what we keep doing is we keep fighting and we keep fighting through situation after situation, never really relying on God. And we end up in this death-ridden situation where there's nowhere else to turn, just like Jonah. And see, now what happens is it causes almost a forced humility because you are at the end of yourself and there's nowhere else to go. But see, if, if we were just humble enough to say, God, I need you. God, I, I can't do this. I, I, I need you. And we acknowledged him in every victory, in every low time. I believe we would have a whole lot less problems. But instead, at the end of the day, we're more like Jonah. We're more like him in chapter one, doing the things we want to do our own way, and we have to get into these very hard places before we declare Jonah, like Jonah in chapter two, where we say salvation belongs to the Lord, because we didn't really believe that at the beginning. We, talk, we didn't really believe that. See, in our hearts, if we're honest, salvation belongs to us. Belongs to us. We may not say that, but that's how we act. That's what we do. And the only way God can get our attention is by allowing us to get to the end of ourselves. Getting in this situation after situation, these hard times where we have to rely on him and then him having to miraculously save us like a whale swallowing us. But hear me, family, we don't have to get there in order to see God in our lives. But it takes believing in God and the right posture of humility when we come to him. Andrew Murray, you've heard me quote from this book before. I love this book, Humility. If you haven't got it, grab it. It's about 100 pages, Humility. It's an awesome book. He says these words, where sin abounded, grace did more exceedingly. This reveals how the very essence of grace is to deal with and take away sin, and how it must ever be the more abundant the experience of grace the more intense the consciousness of being a sinner. It is not sin, but God's grace showing a man and ever reminding him what a sinner he was that will keep him truly humble. It's not sin, but grace that will make me indeed know myself a sinner and make the sinner's place of deepest self-abasement the place I never leave. See, here's the point. Humility and true belief in the Lord comes when we understand what we've been saved from. Let me say it again. Humility and true belief in the Lord is only truly understand, understood when we understand what we've been saved from. We know where we've come from, where the Lord has picked us up out of. See, it, it comes when we understand we have been saved. Not by our own hands, but because of God's love, because of his mercy, because of his grace towards us. We're here today. See, when you truly understand this, when you truly understand that, that we are unworthy, all of us unworthy of being saved, and you lower your view of yourself just a little bit, lower yourself. You lower your view of yourself, then you will begin to cherish every breath that you breathe. You begin to, to, to see all the blessings in your life, big and small. 
You begin to look back over your life and see God's little fingerprints, his handprints all over your life, even when you didn't even know him. See, but here's the problem. The problem in all of that is that we don't sit in this place of remembering his grace long enough. Saved or not, we, we don't look to God. We don't think about how he's been active in our lives. We live from a place of our own strength, and then we rely on God only in the hard times. We rely on him only in the hard times instead of acknowledging him at the start. Therefore, we miss the goodness of God. And the crazy thing about this, as you look at the text in Jonah, is that God still hears you even in the midst of rebellion. He still hears you even when you're not thankful, even when you're running away from him. Again, family, hear me. You can't run too far to where God can't save you. You can't. He still hears you. He's still there. He still loves you. He still listens to you. Hear me, Jonah, he didn't have to be swallowed by this whale. He could have drowned. Matter of fact, Jonah actually deserved to drown. Because he, he was in direct rebellion against God. A prophet called, he's not listening, I'm going to do my own thing. But God chooses to save him, and now Jonah turns from running away from God to running back to God. Declaring his sovereignty, acknowledging God and everything, his goodness. Hear me, family, he deserved death, but God saved him. Friends, the Bible tells us in Romans 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. Whether that be a big sin in your mind or a little sin in your mind, whether you lied to your parents or you murdered somebody, all sins are deserving of death. The wages of sin are death. And Romans 3.23 says that we all have fallen short of God. All of us have fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of God. But if you go back to Romans 6.23, I didn't give you the whole verse because the latter part of that says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And see, friends, here's what we must not miss in that is that what, is what you see in Jonah chapter 2 is right here. Is that although we deserve death, God is still yet gracious to give us life. Wow. He still hears us crying from our deathbed. And, and you know how he gives us life? By sending his son Jesus Christ down here to die the death we deserved on the cross. See, when you can say like Jonah, I was deserving of death. As a matter of fact, I was in Sheol. I was down there, and the bars were closing in on me. I couldn't get out of the pit, but God, being rich in mercy, reached down in the pit. He pulled me out of the muck and mire, and I could scream with a loud voice, salvation belongs to the Lord, thus saying, my life is yours, Lord. I give all glory to you. When you can say that and actually believe it, y'all, it won't take fishy situations for you to acknowledge God anymore. And then even when you get in those tough times, in those dark moments, you'll remember the Lord. you remember the Lord when darkness feels like it's closing in on you. You'll be okay. Because the Bible says in John 1 verses 4 through 5, it says, in him was life, hear me, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets in your life or how easy it actually is because wherever you go or whatever you get into, family, your identity now is hidden in Christ, which means that there's nothing that he can't handle. So wherever you go, family, he's got you. It's going to be okay. There's no darkness that can overcome you because you're hidden in Christ. Jonah said, I remembered the Lord. 
See, when Jonah recognizes all of this, the fish vomits him back up on the shore. He's not only saved, but he's delivered. He's delivered. But sadly, we remain in these places of struggle and tension in our lives because we're unable to humbly say like Jonah, salvation belongs to the Lord. And hear me though, Jonah, he was great this chapter, but a couple chapters later, he does the same thing. Which lets me know that following after the Lord and declaring that salvation belongs to him is not a one-stop shot. His grace bestowed upon me is not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing where I'm running back to God saying, salvation belongs to you, Lord. My life is yours. All I have is yours, Jesus. It's an everyday thing. Family, let me ask you as we end the day, will you trust God? Will you trust that he can handle your situation? Will you trust no matter how long it takes to be delivered? Even if, if it's dark and gloomy, in the belly of a well, even if it seems like you're going through one situation to the next, will you still trust him? Will you trust that God can handle your salvation? Instead of you having to go through situation to situation, will you just say, God, God I, I trust you. It's about you, not me. You may have walked in here this morning in a fishy situation, just like Jonah. And I want you to know that God can handle it. He can handle it. He can still hear your cry. But will you stop fighting it and just say, God, can you do it? Can you do it? And hear me, maybe you're not in that place this morning. Maybe you feel like you're not going through anything. Here's the thing, we're all gonna go through something. We're all gonna hit another storm. We're all gonna go through another wilderness time in our life. We're gonna hit those times in our life. It's going to happen. But in those times, no matter how far you feel like you're in the pit, will you remember that salvation belongs to the Lord? He can handle what you're going through. See, I believe when you're looking at this book of Jonah, God had to remind Jonah of this. He had to remind him that salvation belongs to me, Jonah. I'm sovereign over all this. Even sovereign enough to have a well swallow when, you, when you're trying to get away from me. I, I, I'm still going to save you. I'm going to let you know who I am. He had to remind him of this because he rebelled in chapter 1 and he ended up in this fish. Family, hear me. Let us, not, let us be a people that turn to God immediately instead of rebelling and have to end up in situations like this. Let us run to God, continually declaring, God, salvation belongs to you. Amen? Let's pray.